This one's called Death of a Golden Girl. It, it is not about Blanche, Rose, Sophia, or Dorothy. Yeah, it's it's not the life and times. It's not the life of our girls down in Miami. <laughs> no, Miami, Miami, <laughs> you, you got, got style. Hi, Julian Benzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. Uh, fam, before we get to the app, why don't we go ahead and ask you to join us on the Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> you know well, I mean? Why don't we go ahead and do exactly that? If you want more Julian and me, and who could blame oh, you? <laughs> you haven't said that in a it's while. It's been a while. Join <laughs> us over in the Pates. At the $5 level, you get like 400 full ad-free bonus episodes. Yeah. To download a bit, you get them all right this second. It's all those longer series. So we cover episode by episode all those things from Netflix, right. Hulu, HBO Max. Bad Vegan and Heaven's Gate and that Gacy thing on Peacock and the Jane and making a murderer and the staircase wild crime the one wild where crime. like they happen in the in the wilderness yeah we did both seasons of that I, it was really good yeah 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 we just did the Tetris murders yes it, there's so much stuff out there you also get uh, at the $10 level you get the regular episodes ad free yeah you get first crack at our live shows yeah at the $7 tier we do after parties where we <laughs> do AMAs or we'll just do like a, a catch up if well, we haven't seen each other yeah we'll like give advice or take questions we'll just hang out should we should I make a podcast called the Heinz catch up sure yeah <laughs> But then, but then, you know what? I mean, what? yes, I support yeah, yeah, you in yeah, everything yeah. you do. But then you're gonna have to live with it. no Heinz, like not the ketchup, not like you haven't had a lifetime oh of correcting God. people about your name. Back in the my theater people days when it was theater PPL, my theater with an ER PPL was my life. Oh my god! Oh my god! All right, girl, what are we talking about today? So you know, this does take place in Miami, however. Miami, not- <laughs> Miami, you got stuff. So this is Miami welcome to our is bonus. Nice. So well, I'll say it thrice. Um, you know, I. I caught myself the other day, so sometimes, you know, Fiona, our dog. Yeah. Sometimes I say Fiona, and it sounds like how Blanche always says Miami. She doesn't, Blanche doesn't say Miami. She doesn't, all right, big. She doesn't say Miami. She says Miami. And so sometimes when I say Fiona, I, I channel Blanche a little bit. Anyway, it's, uh, welcome to the bonus episodes. It's called Death of a Golden Girl, and it's, um, pretty terrifying. Blonde and beautiful. She was a knockout. She was a stunner. A steamy playboy model wannabe. Looking for a golden girl. And when she arrived on the dance floor, party time. She actually kind of glowed in the dark. But this party ended a little early. He pulled out a photocopy of her earring, and I knew it was her. A brutal murder that left her boyfriend devastated. And first on the list of people police wanted to interview. There's a history of domestic violence. He hit her, she hit him. Case closed. Not after investigators find a secretly recorded video, her last appearance before the cameras. When we saw it, we go, wow, it was her. Was a model's date with death caught on tape? We do have a deranged, sadistic killer out there. The still image on the, like, why watch this? You, it's <laughs> called the thumbnail. <laughs> Oh, I am a thousand years old if I am a day. I mean, a little bit. The thumbnail on this is like a beautiful blonde woman holding up like two bottles of Grey Goose. Like she's it's a great to picture. It's, it's a, a party great, girl I'm picture. I'm like, oh my God. It just looks like she was having a lot of fun in her life. She was. So our, our host is Dennis Murphy. Oh my. Dennis okay. Murphy. <laughs> oh my, indeed. Oh my. You know, I have some notes for him throughout. You'll hear it. Yeah. You'll hear it. It's New Year's Eve 2010. This in, music is ridiculous. It's also just like New Year's Eve. Let me just tell you, Steve and I spent a weekend in Miami. We decided to do like a couple's getaway. We dropped off Daisy with the grandparents. It was the worst weekend. This was horrible. It was the worst weekend weather-wise. It, it was like May of last year or whatever. It was supposed to be like in the 90s. It rained the entire time. And there time. was like construction in your room or something? Construction in our hotel in the room. Oh, it was the worst. But 
But Miami looks lovely. It sure. looks like a nice place. But I don't want to go anywhere on New Year's Eve. Oh, I don't want to go to like a big city. Like I am the opposite of the people in this documentary. Yes, I I strongly dislike New Year's Eve also. I just think you, there's mostly it's the pressure. I think people put a lot of pressure on like, oh, we got to do it. No, but it's you also, don't. everyone's been drinking since noon. It's impossible it's to get anywhere. Mess. Just go, go out either the night before or the night after. I promise no one will be out. You'll have a no. better time. No, they tell us it was a shivery night by Miami standards. It's low 60s. Temps in the low 60s weren't enough to chill the South Beach scenesters. Dennis, relax. Yes. I'm like, this copy never would have gotten past Keith. No. I'm officially on the Keith Morrison writes his own copy. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree completely. Yeah. So it's party night in Miami. Paula Sladuski, who's our victim, and her boyfriend, fiance, Kevin Klim. Yes. They, they live together in Detroit, right? And kind so, of, but they also live in, they live between Detroit and L.A. Yeah. <laughs> They're Not by coastal, but mid-coastal? Mid-coastal or whatever. Um, but so Paula is our victim here, and she is Kevin's, quote, baby. That was my baby. She didn't skip on herself, and she liked to live the good life, you know, and going down to South Beach was like, that was, that was it. And Dennis goes, and she's an aspiring leggy model with hair down to there, to which I say, Dennis, please, we don't have time. We don't have Dennis, time for get this. get your act together. The thing about Paula is, like, she just really loved the party life. She I'm not saying it. she, like, was, like, a party animal or whatever, but she loved the party life. She looked at, I guess I'm saying she's a hot person. Okay. And, like, most hot people like to party. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm in bed by eight. <laughs> oh. You never had, like, a couple years where you were a I party did. girl? I okay. did, but, like, my partying, this is true, I'm not even... Even trying to be extra gay just for the podcast. Yeah. My my partying was Monday nights at musical Mondays at Splash. Yes. Where I would go and get hammered on the two for one cocktails, sing my gay heart out to Patty Lapone, and then end up at the diner at four in the morning. Yeah. That was my party life. See, I was just gonna say, I wish we knew each other during our party girl days, but we for sure cross paths. I'm sure we did. At like Monster and yes. Duplex <laughs> and Marie, like all of those piano party places, but also just other. I mean, I don't know. I just I feel like we I, definitely cross paths. I love that we are like the piano. No party, like blowing, se- some, blowing it up scene stirs. Yeah, I was never like a, a an uns, uns no. kind of person. Kevin and Paula, they call this a down and back. A down and back. Hit the clubs, do some shots. Hello, 2010. It was great. Like we had it all figured out. We're gonna go down to South Beach, celebrate the New Year's, come back on Monday. They go down for like two nights. They go down and hit the clubs and do the shots, and then they're like back in Michigan by like Monday morning. That's what you and Steve tried to do in Miami, and it was a nightmare. That's literally you tried to have two nice days That's to true. yourself, and it didn't happen. Oh my god! But they are more specifically in town for Lady Gaga show. Yes. So and it was Paula who heard. Well, and you know where Lady Gaga is doing her show at the La Fontaine. F- F- the Fontaine La- Blue. The Fontaine Blue. Fontaine Blue. Fontaine. The La Fontaine. Sorry. <laughs> Fontaine's a problem Sorry, that's here. a theater. Sorry, you're, old, you're just an old queen. You're just a, a groggy old queen. But I was like, no, it's the God forbid place, right? And, right. It's the, that the hot Fontaine pool Blue, boy. Whatever. I feel like this is about, 2010 is like about the right time for oh, that. Oh, yeah, maybe. You know? So Paula really wanted to be at Gaga's Midnight Show. She yes. wanted to be where all the celebs were going to be. Like, that's what they tell us, that it was a really happy, it was a hot, hot ticket, right? Yeah. And so Kevin gets the tickets on the street for like 700 apiece. I mean, that is a, such a wild amount of money. Yeah. He, they, they say that he bought them from a scalper. And thank goodness they were real, that, honestly. But I was just going to say, like, at least on StubHub, you know they're real. Yeah. Or you know there's a or, way you can get your money back. You right. know what I mean? If they're not real, yeah. then StubHub has that guarantee. They're also playing... Playing this royalty-free version of Britney Spears, <laughs> if you see Amy. 
It's like, and I'm like, at least do a royalty free Gaga song. And I love if I know that's a great track, but I'm just saying it's very obviously like, wait a second. We also learned that somebody behind them at the Gaga concert, totally creeping on them. Their attendance at the show was even documented by the guy behind them who took iPhone vids of them dancing. Men tended to do that when they saw Paula all clubbed out. Weirdos do this. Yes, they, they just do. start filming them. Yes. And somehow, like, Dateline has the footage of, like, them being filmed by a stranger at the Gaga concert. Because the stranger inserts himself into the story. And doesn't realize what a fucking creepo he is. I know. But the thing is, it's like, apparently, like, this happened all the time. But Paula, at 26 years old, she's re- she's a model. Yes. And she's represented by a national agency, but she, like, is based out of Detroit. And they said that, like, she kind of did the rounds for, like, a person who was as beautiful as she was, but, like, didn't live in L.A. or New York. Yeah, she did local commercials. She was, quote, the pretty girl at the car show. The pretty girl at the car you know, show. It's a living. But nothing really big, quote, until Hef said maybe. Well, Now oh we got to deal with you after. Keith would never. So she she auditioned for Playboy, and it's described as this, like, American Idol-style cattle call. Because it's like a... 50th anniversary situation. Right. So what happens is, this is so fucking manipulative yeah. and so playboy. Yeah. But, like, she made it into the 2003 video for the 50th anniversary of, like, the ultimate playmate search or whatever. Uh-huh. And she, like, we see the footage of it, and it's, like, you know, very playboy-esque sexy. Yes. Whatever that means to you. Uh-huh. She didn't make the cut, but they still filmed her. Yes. Didn't pay her for it and use that footage anyway. Yeah. That is so exploitive like they're just exploiting and her and they film her topless yes and then she like doesn't make it into the calendar I'm sorry but it's like I'm, exposure like don't do this people I'm having a flashback to when Natalie and I were on tour yeah. for the book party and we were training Griffin who was taking over Natalie's like oh, um, we love tour Griffin. responsibilities yeah. yeah I don't remember what city we were in but Griffin at the end of the show goes can we go to Hooters <laughs> I was like sure yeah and we went to Hooters don't they have like notoriously good wings yes I mean the food is great at Hooters right? and like the I just I feel bad Bad looking, it just this video shoot reminded me. I feel bad looking at the women at Hooters because I don't want to like I don't want to exploit anybody. You're so nice. I know. Meanwhile, I'm like, averting like, my eyes. Everyone's racist Uncle Frank is there to only objectify and be an asshole. I know. I always think of Michael Scott where he's like, "Hey, that's a phenomenal establishment with over eighteen thousand locations worldwide." <laughs> but we also meet Paula's sister. Still, her sister Kelly Ferris remembers Paula being happy she tried. There was like five hundred women, and only fifty got to make it on this. Anniversary type video. So she was proud of that. Only 50 women made it to the video, and then obviously only 12 made it to the calendar. Right. So she made it to the top 50. But like they exploited all those other women. I know. Oh my God. I know. So Saturday, January 2nd, 2010, still on vacation in Miami, and they splurged and they moved hotels like to be right on the beach. And I gotta tell you, having been in this area, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, it, it's very, like, Art Deco, and the buildings are amazing. Yeah. Is it where the birdcage is? Oh. Uh, or is that, no, that's South Beach. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not, like, a birdcage person. I've only seen it once or twice. Get out. I know. I, I just haven't had But you know my references, at least. Yeah. I can't take I it this week. I, that I was the meanest thing you've ever ever said to me. I did see it in the movie theater, Ouch. though. I saw Ouch. It the Ow. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, like, it's beautiful. It's, it's like, okay, great. It's very Art Deco. That's all. That's <laughs> okay, all I have to say here. Well, they find a bartender, and as Dennis says, they befriended a waiter and asked him, what's up? Quote, what's, what's up? up? Dennis, we have to have a conversation. The way he says, what's up? We have I to have a conversation. to listen to it. This is unacceptable it's behavior. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable behavior. And... 
They go to club space or just space to the locals. Right. <laughs> Miami's hottest after hours club. It was only open one marathon night a week, from Saturday at 11 p.m. till Sunday afternoon. It opens at 11 p.m. on Saturday and stays open until like Sunday afternoon. This is Entertainment 720 vibes. They're 100%. open. What? Like this is so. This sounds so stupid. It's so awful. I like the the. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be the bartender clocking in at 11 o'clock. Probably like nine, but yeah. Oh my god! Right, and that's your whole. But like your whole week revolves around it. Yeah. Because then even later, it's like, well, you know, Sunday afternoon when we close up, and I'm like, okay, I know. So you get out at like four in the afternoon on Sunday. Your whole week is fucked. And I, I mean, they better yeah. make a good enough money. That's exactly what I was saying. I hope they make enough money in that one night that they don't have to work the rest of the week. Right. They could just be hot in Miami. But they're probably like being like hot people by the pool, yes. giving out towels. Like their their totally. lives are probably just like. I'm like, what hot? What job am I going to be hot at today? I, uh, God, the doors that that opens for you in some places. <laughs> That's true. The rest of us have to fight and scratch and claw our ways up to just a a, <laughs> a regular job like yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> just by being hot and handing out towels. God damn it! I know, right? So the night of the murder. So that night, Kevin says they had a romantic dinner on South Beach, where Paula bought this neon blue dress. They slept for a bit, then woke up and got dressed. Paula did her customary one-hour makeup thing, and at 5.30 a.m., Paula and Kevin capped it to Club Space. Dennis here, our host, has to throw in a dig about Paula's, quote, customary one-hour makeup thing. Uh, right. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I, uh-huh, I am so uh-huh, uh-huh, sick uh-huh. of this, like, this shame and people talking shit about people wearing makeup or how long it takes or what. The, it's not for you. Totally. Don't worry about it. It Dennis, has nothing. God knows you're not spending an hour on like, how you look. It has nothing to do with you. Don't yeah. worry about it's it. It's so funny because I, I always think about this with you and me. Like when we sit, we record these for TikTok, right? Yeah. And we sit down and you're brushing your hair and yeah, you put on like a, no, your hair looks amazing and you put on a little bit of the of the what do you call it, you, the pancake makeup? No, I put on. You want to know? I'll show you my bag yeah, right what here. What is it? It is. You're gonna laugh. I put. This chapstick on. <laughs> you too? Yeah. But like and you... Then I, and then I have a brush that in yes. case it's a little shiny. I but like you instinctively think about your appearance and I just sit here being oh like, God. oh God. You and Steve, all these all these years later, I love you both, but I'm still like, is this interview on camera? I yes know. or no? Because I need to know. And like a lot of men, and a lot of men do think about it, but like yeah. a lot of men like me just don't ever consider it ever. Yeah. I you always know? have, I have this little bag. It's teeny tiny. It's in every, look how old and disgusting. I it love is. that. But it's in every single bag I carry like in case yeah oh my god it's my chapstick and my brush that's it oh but we learned that they get in a cab at 5 30 they had to go to bed to wake up at the time I'm sitting down to start my day I know to go to the club 5 30 in the morning for what I know I ask you but also who wants to be partying when the sun is up I don't get it but I think it's sort of it's just such a let's just call it a brunch place it's just an early brunch place but it is a very surreal thing I don't know this is not a I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but really when you've walked out of like a night of partying and it's like, tweet, tweet, tweet. I know. It's like, I mean, when I was younger, it's like yeah. nine in the morning. I, yeah. So that it's very surreal, but I think you go for the sake of, it's like going to Lady Gaga. It's uh-huh. like, it's like a tourist attraction. It's like something kind of cool to do that you wouldn't do at home. It's a vacation Ugh, thing. I like, just, I'm, I'm hung over just talking about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> One glass of water for every real drink, everybody stay hydrated. Like I've ever fucking followed that advice I was just ever say. in my life. 
We meet Raymond. He's the bartender. And Raymond. Oh, and the authority on beauty. Thank God he's here to tell us how hot everybody is. I know. Paula, in her six inch heels, sheer blue dress, and waist length hair, was a head turner even to an end of shift bartender like Raymond Diaz, who sees lots of Miami hotties. She actually kind of glowed in the dark. She was so blonde and really tan. Raymond, we're talking about Miami. Girls like that are a dime a dozen, right? She stood out, you know, tan, beautiful. He's like, I've seen a lot of hotties, okay? <laughs> and I know from hot, and let me tell you, like, yes, Paula is indeed hot. I'm like, thank you so much, Ray. Without you, Raymond, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to make my own decision on my idea of beauty. Thank Sam. God. But Raymond is saying, because he was really close to Kevin and Paula at the bar that night. Right. And so he was describing Describing like physically kind of close. They physically weren't close. like, they didn't like really have a moment. No. <laughs> you know what? I love you, man. Well, they I probably did too, that. Man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but he was just saying that she looked like she like glowed in the dark, he says. Like yeah. with the blonde hair and the tan skin, she's wearing this like neon blue dress and her popping blue eyes. Or as Dennis Murphy says, Paula Sladuski was boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. To boom which I say, Dennis, you're in timeout. <laughs> Get out. You're in timeout. It's in like 28 points. I took a screenshot of it. Boom shakalaka. You're in timeout, girl. You are in timeout. Like, I know. what's up? Almost got you kicked out of this thing, but you have to sit down. Boom shakalaka. Sit down in the corner and oh, have some water God. for five whole minutes. This is the part where I'm like, I hate this. Yeah. I hate this part of it for everybody involved. Okay. Because Paula is gorgeous. She wants to go out and be gorgeous. Kevin is good looking, but it doesn't matter because he's just a dude in Miami. Uh-huh. And so like, and I like, I mean, I have sisters. I remember these days, even at the gay clubs, when I was in college, my younger sister, Becca, would come with me and we would go out and like, you know, like there's tons of straight guys at gay clubs. I love it. I mm-hmm. love that they want to come. But like, they would be all over my yeah. sister, even at a fucking gay bar. Yeah. So imagine an after-hour clubs in Miami. You look like Paula. She goes out onto the floor. You know, according to... Obviously, Paula's not here to tell us. She likes the attention. Yeah. And, like, her and Kevin had kind of a way of dealing with this. And I turn around for a second. He's, he's on her, you know? He's got his hand around her waist. He's crotch right up against her. And he's leaning down, kissing. And she's looking over at me, like, kind of, like, laughing and, like, whatever. And, and I'm like, okay. We gotta go. And I just grab her around the waist and the forearm. I'm like, come on, baby, it's time to go. Do the boyfriend shuffle with her kind of thing. She's like, wait a minute, I don't wanna go. You know, I did uh, the boyfriend shuffle and he yeah. says it like we should know about it. When I Googled that term, uh-huh. I, could, like, dis- I can deduce what it is. Obviously. But when I Googled it, the only thing were transcripts of this very episode. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe it would be a thing that people would say, but no. it means that like he's sort of like dancing with her and guys are trying to approach her. And so she's trying, he's trying yeah. to sort of like, like physically block we're her. We're going to learn Kevin's not the murderer, but he's kind of a dirtbag. So I don't, I feel fine saying like he just loves that he gets to be with this hot woman yeah. and she loves that they get to go to clubs and she gets attention and what. Ever. It just, to me, it all feels like it's at a boil and yeah. something bad is about to happen. And it's about to right now. So, yeah. like, they start to argue about leaving. Now, to be clear, he wants to leave because he sees, like, some guy grinding on her and, like, sort of getting too close. And he, like, he feels either unsafe for her or he's feeling very jealous. But yeah. in any event, he knows he wants to leave. Kevin, you knew this was going to happen. You knew the second you walked into this after hour clubs in Miami, the men were going to be all over her. Well, like, you just told Dennis that this happens all the time. Exactly. So, and so, he wants to leave. She doesn't want to leave. They get into a, like a little bit of an argument. And the bouncers clock this. They notice Kevin immediately and they circle Kevin and they kick him out. Yes. And Paul is like, great. I wanted to stay anyway so he can leave. Now, she has her credit card. Kevin 
takes her phone and quote what she always did when they went clubbing. Yeah. And Kevin goes back to the hotel with her phone, her only way to contact people. Now, I have a bunch of things to say here. Yeah. The phone thing isn't that weird to me. Like, I've gone out with girls who don't either have purses or they're wearing dresses without pockets. But you don't leave them without their phone. No, you don't leave them. But, like, if I got kicked out, maybe I forgot that I had it. Like, I think there's a lot of things happening at once. And then I was mad at the club because I'm like, of course they want to kick him out and let the hot girl stay. Uh, I mean, of course. But then we'll learn later. The people at the club said Paula left the club alone shortly after Kevin. Club policy, they say, is to remove both parties after a fight. They kick the man out first. Five minutes later, they kick her out. So if he's bothering her and she doesn't want him to know that she also is being kicked out, they give like a grace period. So they're not putting a volatile situation out on the street. He gets kicked out. They wait five minutes, then they kick her out. No one says it's a policy, but that's what happens here. Yeah. See, now what I'm thinking, though, the flaw in that plan is that he could just like lurk around. She should go first. She should go first and get far away or get safe or go home or whatever. And then it's like, she's in the wind. Sorry, buddy. Uh Like, hold him somewhere. But for him to go first, he could just be like... Creeping yeah, behind a car or something whole, waiting it, like, to get her. This is why I felt uncomfortable the whole time because it yeah. just feels like some something really bad's going to happen and it does. And no one, the club, no one is 100% honest on who was kicked out when and why and exactly. how and where and what happened. Even the club is like, no, 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 no. Like, that's how we do it. And someone's not being 100% honest Right, here. and so like Kevin will tell us that like this happens a lot where like he'll either get kicked out of a club and go home without her or get tired of being out and go home without her and she always like shows up. But we learn in this instance, if he had just waited five more minutes, she would have come out. Right. And so all we know right now is that it's 7.30 a.m. And we see Paula on the camera leaving the club. She turns a corner and she's never seen again. So it's the next morning and Kevin is sort of like expecting to have woken up next to her because this happens all the time. And Paula's still not home. Kevin was starting to worry, but he also knew Paula could be a tough Detroit cookie when she needed to be. She's a big girl. She knows how to handle herself. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's not naive. She's like a tough Detroit cookie when she needs to be. Dennis, we've discussed this. Dennis. <laughs> but this is where we get a little bit of Paula's backstory, right. which is like, she kind of had a tough life. We're told she had an absent father and lots of stepdads. Yeah. I hate that. I, yeah. It creeps me out. I don't like it at all. But what creeped me out was oh. that when she was 14, she was dating a 29-year-old man. So they say dating. This is not called dating. No, at 14. 14 years yeah. old, she was being sexually assaulted by a but, 29-year-old man. Yes. There's no way in the world that we should be calling that dating. I agree. She calls it dating her mother, by the way. Her mother has no issue with this. Until her mom wants to be on camera. It's later, we'll get to the mother. Like, fuck her mom. Yeah. Not in, like, the funny way. And <laughs> I hate this person. Look out for your daughter who's being no, raped. She's like, ju- oh I mean, God. literally being raped by a 29-year-old like, man. It's the sister, Kelly, who has to call Child Protective Services. This fucking guy gets thrown into prison. He has to register as a sex offender. His name is David Francis Coleman. Oh. And then Paula waits until he gets out of prison two years later. Two years later. And gets back together with and him. And she's still only 16. He's through. 29 years old and Dateline calls it dating. I know. 29 and she's 14. Yeah. No, it's, I agree with you. I had that in my notes too. Fuck yeah. that. Fuck that. <laughs> and fuck that mother. And, but not in the funny way. <laughs> but right here, Dennis says something to Kelly, the sister, about like... That whole little girl fantasy of being the pinup girl or the... Barbie doll. Shampoo model or something, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Paula had this little girl fantasy of being the pinup girl or the shampoo model. I'm like, Dennis, how old are I you? I had the same thought. What is a shampoo model? I know. I what is that? A shampoo model. Is that model. like the Pert Plus, like that commercial <laughs> where you like lather? Remember the what was the commercial? There was a shampoo where it made it seem like you like had an orgasm in the shower. Urge. Urge. Was that was that like herbal essences or something? I don't Pantene? know. I don't think. But it was I do think that we're getting like the D string here. I've never heard of Dennis Murphy before. Who the I hell have. is? Where's no. Keith? He's like or Andrew around. Canning or whatever. Andrew Canning is coming up soon. But no, he's like around. But this is very like we don't have to have like a zinger. We shouldn't have any zingers here, 100%. and the zinger shouldn't always be about our victim. Yes, legs down to there, and her, you know, her her hour long makeup routine. Don't worry about what it. What was Dennis. the other word? Shot a boom, bada bing, boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka. Oh my god! What are you saying to I, me? I know. And now we learn too that like growing up, Paula was obsessed with Barbies, and she wanted to be just like her. She wanted to be tall and thin with blonde, bleach blonde hair or whatever. Yeah. And she like collected over 500 Barbies that she collected. Wow. Yeah. Are they worth anything now? Or are they like Beanie Some Babies? Some of them. Yeah. No, I, you would, I mean, if like the old collector's ones or whatever. If you kept them in that box. Yeah. But, you know, the modeling agencies were told weren't really going for Paula. So she goes to strip clubs and becomes a dancer. And she, like, does really well. Yeah, she works at the penthouse club. And she's making great money. And then Kevin comes along and, quote, accepts that she's a dancer. I know. Like, I know. thanks, Kevin. I, I mean, like, how did they even meet in the first? They yeah. seem very mismatched yeah. to me. Talk to Raymond, the bartender, about what makes someone hot again. Because I know. without you, I wouldn't know. But the reason he he accepts this is because she's making a ton of money. The money from stripping was good enough to allow Paula and Kevin to move to Los Angeles, just in time for the housing bubble to knock his budding mortgage and real estate business into the ditch. Paula kept on dancing and paid the bills. For a few months, they moved back and forth between places in Michigan and California. So, like, we get this bit here where they're living between Detroit and Los Angeles based on the money that she's making. Right. Stripping. Right. We can call it stripping, right? Uh, yeah, I think dancing, stri- dancing I don't stripping. Dancing stripping. Yeah. I'm not saying stripping with any... I lo- Good for you. Yeah. If I had the body, I would absolutely be a or stripper. Or, like, the athletic ability. Uh, uh, yes, exactly. Or the coordination or the rhythm. Or, or the, the ability to stay after 8 p.m. Do well, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's where we differ. That's where we... That's You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> that's where we differ. But, yeah, like, they're living in Detroit and LA based on her income, his like real estate, mortgage, whatever situation yeah. goes belly up. Would it not be cheaper to just live in one place? Am I crazy? Like, no, why? you're not crazy. I don't understand why you don't just move to LA. Like if she's making a go right. of it, just move to LA. Yeah. Instead you of know? going back and forth, it seems like there's a lot of money wasted on flights that could be like used for a nest egg or something. Exactly. I don't know. No, I couldn't agree more. Okay. But you know, we, we quickly say that like she's been paying all the bills. Yeah. Maybe she's footing the bill for this trip to Miami. To which I say then, Paula, if you're paying for everything and you want to go out dancing, then fuck this guy if he wants to go home early. Like you know what I mean? Her money. Absolutely. Her bills are paid. We're back to the morning after that Sunday morning where Paula hasn't come home. And now Kevin is panicking. So he he goes down to the hotel manager to try to extend the reservation. Because he also can't pay. Right. He can't right. pay oh without her. Oh my god, her. that didn't even occur to me. They told us that. Yeah. He like doesn't have the money to pay the, like without he can't, her. And he can't stay in Miami, so he's like begging people for help trying to plead his case and say like, look my the love of my life is missing, can you help me out? And you know who fucking rises to the occasion? This lady hotel manager, who's like, wait a second, what's going on? Yeah, of course like, we'll help you. We need to get her picture on the news immediately. <laughs> immediately. I was like, Let, we need 
need to do her for let the women do the work. Right? So she gets helps him get all these photos yeah. and like they start the search. And so Kevin, this makes me crazy, as I you know. know. Kevin know. tries to file a missing persons report, but he can't because it hasn't been a full 24 hours. So Which, like again, we need some sort of like national standard for this because yeah. it's different everywhere you go. And this was in what, 2003? I think 2010. it was 2010. So yeah. I just like still fuck that. I don't know why the time matters. What I'm about to say is I'm I mean it mostly as a joke. Okay. But like I sort of understand this in a place like Miami where people just get drunk and don't come home for two days. Yeah, still go you, looking for them. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, I know. Talk don't about a, talk about bubbles bursting. Don't become a cop if you don't want to go looking for missing drunk people. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? Like part that's of part gig. of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Deal with it. So instead of, since he can't follow the missing persons report, Kevin uses his time wisely. Hospitals and jails, I'm calling. Hospitals, jails. Space, hospitals, jails. Kevin even went back to Club Space, which was closed late Sunday night. He went to a gas station two blocks away. I'm in the taxi. I get out. I go inside. And I talk to the clerk. And I show him a picture of my girlfriend. I got to tell you, like, Kevin, I loved him until I realized he was a total shitbag. Oh, okay. But, like, I loved him at this point because he seems really committed to, like, doing the right thing, staying up all night, putting up the flyers and the posters and calling the jail, like, doing everything he can to find her. Yeah, and he goes back to that club, club yes. space. And even though they're closed, he starts asking people in the area, like, yep. have, has, have you seen her? And his rationale is, like, she's such a knockout. Like, of course someone would say, like, yeah, I remember that leggy blonde. Yeah. You and, know? like, he goes to the local gas station and shows him a picture. We are only told this, I am convinced, because there's security footage of him doing it. Yeah. Somebody found security. They're like, well, say this so we can use this interesting— and This is only a 40-minute app, so we got to fill know. the time somehow. <laughs> so by Monday morning, however, yeah. Kevin has hired a PI, David Wasser. Yes. And that's when Kevin files the missing persons report, and Dave, the PI, and a cop go to the club. Yeah, and I kind of like this P.I. He's here. He's definitely one of those P.I.s who loves his job. That's like... He, like, loves The it. majority of it. And I totally. love that. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find. find like, what are you doing here? I know. It's not like... I feel like that's going to be my my third act. Maybe I'll be a P.I. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would I would do that in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? I think I'd be good at it. Should we open a little investigation company? Maybe. <laughs> if this doesn't work out, okay. we're doing that. Oh, good. Yeah, My dad always that. wanted me to have a backup plan. No, oh, he didn't. <laughs> but people who are creating, you know, it's always like, yeah. what's your backup plan? Yeah. No, I'm not going to be an accountant. I'll just be a PI. But this guy, Dave, the PI, he's like, he does vetting. Because uh, imagine the cranks you must get in Miami at two <laughs> in the morning. You know what I mean? Like any major city. You know what I mean? Like Her name is Sophia. <laughs> Their names are Sophia. They plan to Dorothy's the real crank. <laughs> like 24 hours a day. Lighten up. <laughs> But she makes for good TV. She really does. So the cops are very nice to Dave the PI. They kind of let him do a ride along. Sure, yeah. They go back to the club, club space. They talk to the bartenders and the manager who had worked the night that this all went down. And like everyone inside the club seems to remember Paula perfectly. Right. They're like, she left shortly after Kevin. This is where we learned that it's policy to remove both parties after a fight. Right. And I was like, oh, she didn't even leave because she wanted to. She left because she was being thrown out. She earned that money. And I mean that sincerely. But we meet this bouncer, Mike. Mike Samuels was the front door manager. She got to the sidewalk. She went around to the right towards the east. She's solo. 100% by herself. 
she was, quote, 100% by herself when she left. So it's not like she met, like, any of the creeps that were following her. Like, he is here to say, no, like, no one followed her home. Like, she didn't leave with a group of guys or anything. Like, she was totally by herself. I mean, the only problem with this, and again, like, we've run into this in other episodes, the responsibility of the club ends on the last step of the stairs leading out of the club. Yeah. Because, like, we're going to learn that, like, yes, she left the club by herself, but immediately met somebody on the street. Yeah. We'll get to that. Like, the club has no liability, so they don't care. Once she's off the property, technically, she's somebody else's problem. Right. So, back at the hotel, Kevin, like, doesn't know what else to do, so he calls the medical examiner. And, like, this blew my mind. I've never seen this in a case where, like, a person calls the medical examiner, and the medical examiner is like, oh, Actually, wait, wait, hang on, like, hang on a second. Oh, my God. And Kevin says, like, that's when his heart dropped. It's one of those things where it's like, you're calling the medical examiner because you are hoping for an answer. And then the last thing you actually want to hear is, wait, actually. We got You know what I mean? Yes. Like, we hear those parents, like, I'm looking in, like, garbage dumpsters for my kid. And, like, of course you don't want to, like, then what are you doing here? It's like this weird, like, mindfuck. But the medical examiner, like, after he gives a description of Paula, the medical examiner's like, sit tight, I'm sending a detective to you. Yeah. And that's what he knew. And the detectives show up and they're like, did she have piercings? And he says yes. And they pull out a baggie of, like, posts. Her earrings, yeah, her earrings. Yeah, and he's like, doesn't recognize the post, but then they pull out a photocopy of an earring, and he knew right away that it was hers. Right. The earring, Paula's earring, had been found at the scene of a burning dumpster. And inside the dumpster, they found the charred body of a person they thought was a female. And it turned out to be gruesome beyond relief. And Paula's body was inside the dumpster. So, on, like having been set on fire, like the thing burning in the dumpster is Paula's body. Oh, it's as it's as fucking awful as you can possibly yeah. imagine. Yeah. So this is where we meet Detective Michael Gaudio, and yeah. he's like, "Are you related to him?" <laughs> no, I don't have people in Miami. <laughs> That's what you have to say. That's what they tell you to say. It's true. The mob's like huge down in Florida. Uh, what? I'm asking. What? So he's just saying to us, like. The way she was found, like, there had to be, like, hate and anger involved, right? Like, that's what he's saying, or... Or it's somebody trying to, like, destroy evidence. Right. And so Dennis, our host, is like, look, I gotta tell you, Kevin's doing all the right things. He's giving a shit. He's acting distraught. He's, you know, he's being very helpful. And he goes, but on the other hand, he is the boyfriend. (laughs) And the last person to see her. Yeah. So as we all know, he should be a suspect. And he quickly is a suspect. So, like, the cops go and they pick him up at the hotel. They bring him downtown. The Gaudio, the the detective, wants us to know the very first thing he did was make Kevin get right out of his clothes. Right. We're doing a quick strip search. They want him for defensive wounds. They want to see what he's got going on there. And there's nothing. They see no scratches. Well, nothing physically because we do learn yeah. that Kevin and Paula didn't have the best relationship. And this is where everything turns because yeah. Kevin is here like putting the best foot forward and he's a fucking asshole. And like what we're going to learn is that like court records in both California and Michigan showed a history of domestic violence arrests between the two. One included Paula's arrest in California for hitting Kevin with a bottle. The case was dropped when Kevin refused to press charges. And in the months prior to the Miami trip, Kevin was arrested twice for assaulting Paula in Michigan. The last time, Paula's nose had been broken. Both of them are getting arrested all the time for domestic abuse. He's four times her size. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what a... like what a what a it's disgusting. Yes. It's disgusting. Yes. So, but remember the fucking creep that was filming them at Lady Gaga's show? Yeah. His name is John Williams. And he <laughs> John Williams, did he write the music for like <laughs> Star Wars and Superman? <laughs> da, 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 da. Love your you work. That. Wait, that's Indiana Jones, isn't it? Yeah. Da, 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 this is the challenge. Da, 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 you, can you do Indiana Jones and Superman? 
one? Uh, no, Superman. I can't do. I can wait. I, I'd and then. That's Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I know. I I know friends who walked down the aisle to that shit. That marriage did not last, but um, it was a fun party. Oh my god! But anyway, yeah, that guy's back. Okay, great. He went on TV because he will go on television whenever. Yes. uh, Just to like put himself in the story. Like, why don't you want to be like, oh, I'm that creep? Yes, I was right behind them at Gaga. The cell phone photographer John Williams went on TV and said he distinctly remembered the man who would turn out to be Kevin as someone acting too aggressively in the crowd. Now here's this guy who, who was really obnoxious and pushing through his crowd more so than anyone else I saw there. I'm not defending Kevin, yeah. but I don't know, John. Those, like, if you're on the floor at a concert, I used to do that all the time. Yeah. You just get pushed and shoved. And, like, where's the, if you were filming them the whole time, where's the video of his aggression? Maybe he was shoving you because you were trying to, like, manhandle or, like, grope his girlfriend. I don't know, Someone dude. tell me why concerts that aren't Indigo Girls concerts are fun. I don't get it. Oh, they're so fun. Are they? You're just missing out. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know what I expect. But, like, it. when you're in, like, a general, everyone's a pushy nightmare. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. even at Indigo Girls shows, you're, there's going to be someone where it's like, who, why? are you pushing? <laughs> so John, Tara. I'm like, Tara, we're, aren't we all here for the same reason? Totally. Then we get like, there's an explosive new lead, right? I guess. Cause it's like, Oh, Kevin's a person of interest kind of. But now we learn that like sometime before this Miami weekend, we don't know exactly when Paula texted quote an ex to say he's trying to kill me. That Kevin's trying to kill her. And yes. this is all like allegedly like, when did she do this? We don't know. Do we, do we see the text message? No. Where's right. the ex-boyfriend? Not here. Right. We learn eventually yes. that it's that sex offender piece of shit. The rapist, David Francis Coleman. God, 29. She was four. Yeah. Even what on earth? Even Dateline Dennis is like, that's all bullshit. Totally. That was not a thing. Like, <laughs> right. That didn't really happen. But in the moment, it really like on top of like all the domestic violence claims against Kevin, this sure. does not look good for him. Of course. And now Paula's mother Patsy's here, God. who didn't care when Paula was being raped with yes. a 30 by a 30 year old, yes. essentially. But now she wants to be on TV doing interviews and getting attention. I hate her. I hate her too. I, I the only person here that I really like is Sister Kelly. Yeah. I know it's like for the most part, and it's true. Like, we know what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. But I have no sympathy and there's no benefit of the doubt for a mother who didn't call anyone or try to keep her daughter away from this fucking horrible abuser and the sister had to step in. Like, fuck you, Patsy. I know. I know. No, I you, couldn't, you get I couldn't nothing more. You get nothing. No, and so now, like, they're looking for more information on, like, is Kevin a good suspect? They go back to the club. They talk to the bartender again. And, like, this is where we learn that, like, what happened between them. Right. Between... Kevin and Paula right. was a fight. It wasn't just that like he wanted to leave and she didn't. Like, he was trying to, like, pull her out. So, like, it's just more evidence of him being, like, physical with her. Right. Which, again, doesn't look good for him. Exactly. And Ray, the authority on beauty, was right there bartending. Right. So he sees this and immediately... Because I think in a place like that, everyone is or should be trained to be on it. If yes. you see one little sign of any kind of thing, because, like, Ray says, like, I immediately call for backup. Immedi- yes, yes. He didn't even let it explode into something that yep. could have been bigger. He sees a little bit of tension. I mean, especially when people are, like, starting to arrive at 11 o'clock. Nobody, nobody arrives anywhere at 11 o'clock in Miami sober. Right, and to have, you know a, what I mean? and especially a place like that, the whole point is to party until yes. the sun comes up. So, oh like, God. like, they have to... Have, Again, I immediately I feel hungover. I just... You like, hate it My so face much. turns white. I need a glass of water. <laughs> I... <laughs> I just, I just had so many memories flooding back of leaving places where people are going to work. And oh I'm going, oh, oh, my God. Uh, but the point, like, 
like couples are always fighting at this place because if they have a policy in place where everyone, like both parties have to leave, yes. not just like if two friends are getting into it, but like yeah. both cu- like both people in the couple have to leave, like people are fighting here constantly. All the time. And this is where Kevin says, he felt more like a prime suspect with a star next to his name. Forget about person of interest. We know you did it. Why'd you do it? We don't think you're a bad guy. Maybe you made a mistake, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I can't tell you I did something I didn't do. They really think that Kevin's the guy. And he waves all of his rights in an attempt to prove that he didn't do it. Never do this, everybody. I know. Never wave he, your rights like this. He's saying that, like, he wants them to rule him out quickly so they can go out and find the guy. No. But he, like, doesn't ask for a lawyer intentionally, waves his Miranda rights. And he's sort of bragging about, like, yeah. no, 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 like, I don't, rights? What rights? Signed I don't all care. the warrants. Do anything you Never want. Never do this. I know. Never, ever. And it's also, like, but can we have, like, if there's two cops on this case, can't one be interviewing me and the other one out looking for the killer? Sure. Do they both have to be in the room? Can't yeah. we do both things at once? Maybe like a third cop somewhere that we just don't know about. That if Dan Miami only has about. two cops. Okay, great. That's it. That's it. So Dave Wasser, PI, is yeah. out doing his own investigation. Remember, he was hired by Kevin. Yeah. And so he's outside the club at 7 a.m. It's packed. Yeah. He's speaking to people outside. He's filming them. He's handing out flyers. And now the cops are just like, all right, Kevin probably didn't do this. Like right. they had a, a shitty relationship. He's not great, but. I don't think he's a murderer either. No, and, like, this is where older sister Kelly shows up in Miami. And, like, she's saying, I know the cops, like, don't love Kevin. I totally believe him. She says... He shouldn't have left her, and he's got to live with that the rest of his life. And he's devastated about that. He's taking that really hard. He wants to kill himself. You know, that's what he talks about all the time. He's going to have to live with that for the rest of his life. Right. And he says that again later. But she just doesn't believe that he did this. No, no, no. And so, like, she's also down there to help out with the investigation. And she's the one who echoes what you were just saying. It's the drinking. Yeah. When they drink, they are horrible people and horrible to each other. And also, like, we learned that Paula was on prescription weight loss pills. I know. And she, like, Kelly was saying that it just wasn't interacting well with alcohol. Of like, course. I mean, it just no. it's, it's a bad all around. We had learned earlier that at one point, Kevin broke Paula's nose in one of the altercations. The only thing Kelly does here that I don't like is she shrugs it off. She's like, from what I heard, that was an accident. I know. You know what I mean? I know. That's just like enabling an abuser. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just don't don't do that. Ask for the lawyer. Don't enable the abuser. (laughs) Are we done here? I mean, you should. And don't let your kid be raped by a 30-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it we did it today. It seems really simple. I know. I hope everyone's writing this down. Yeah. God, especially you, Dennis. No, I, I think you still like your choice of words sometimes. Boom shakalaka. Like, what are you saying to me right now, Dennis? Boom shakalaka. Like, we're in the middle of a crisis. I know. I know. I know. So let's go through the camera footage. Club yes. Space had 30 cameras. But none outside showing the sidewalk. Most were aimed at the bar cash registers to keep the employees honest. To make sure they weren't stealing. So like, like come I'm, on. I'm glad you have these policies in place or whatever, but I know. like, get with the fucking times. Just put a camera on the dance floor and one outside the club. That's all we're asking. If you have a policy or whatever, loose policy yeah. in place that, th- because there are so many fights, have cameras on the street so that you can help someone out if they're in trouble. Do you know what I'm saying? And also just go cashless. If you go cashless, you don't right. have to worry about the bartender stealing. That, was, you know? we, that was a pre cashless world. I know. But they do find one security camera above the door that. It does have seven seconds of Paula leaving the club. There's like the line that goes in and the line that goes and out. And once again, it's 2010. Like, it, like, why is this film black and white I know. and so grainy that you can't see anything? Yeah. How anybody identified Paula, they're like, this blob going out is I Paula. Know. What? Yeah. How can that, you tell? kind of blonde blob. She's blonde, right? Exactly. And they also have from five minutes before that, Kevin leaving. Right. But apparently, Kevin's on the tape begging bouncers to let 
Paula go so that they can leave together. He, they're begging the bouncers to go talk to Paula. Right. And say, like, please get her to come with me. And the bouncers go and come back and they're like, she wants to stay, bro. Right. You gotta go. But then she leaves five minutes. Like, what are you, wait. She gets kicked out five minutes later. Like, what? I know. Like, that is not clear and that should be made clear, But that's right? what I was saying. To me, it feels like a policy. Like, we're not gonna kick them out at the same time because if she really wants to get away from him, we're gonna give her, give him five right. minutes to leave and, sure. th- and then kick her out. No, that makes sense because I guess they don't know the story. Anyone could be like, that's my girlfriend. Exactly. And they can be like, fuck you, everyone's girlfriend is that's in there, buddy. That's it felt to me like a, like a responsible policy. But right. you're right. If that is the thing, that she should have been kicked out first. Right, because if, if everyone, if their responsibility ends the minute you walk out of that club, yeah. then that guy can be creeping around the corner waiting exactly. for her. And so, like, this is where we get, like, interviews with the head of security for an hour. And yeah. he's saying... He saw both Kevin and later Paula leave alone. But he and others have added an important new observation. Something not seen by this blinking security camera up here. The club security chief said he did see Paula walking away with someone once she was on the street. And that person wasn't Kevin Klim. He saw her take another man, like, hand in hand and walk off towards a parking garage. And it wasn't Kevin the boyfriend. No. And they just they described this man that she left with as a light-skinned African-American male with a full-grown beard, well-built around six feet tall. But also they describe it as though they knew each other because they were hand in hand like boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> All right, Grandpa. Well, speaking of Grandpa, what's the the Grandpa's name? I mean, what's the host's name? Dennis. Dennis says (laughs) to the head of security. And you didn't see an abduction. You don't see a rag of chloroform or something, and I'm making it up. So you're saying you didn't see, like, a rag of chloroform or anything? Girl. Out did not come the chloroform. Not on my watch. (laughs) Dennis, we've discussed this. You're still in time out as far as I'm concerned. Can you imagine a guy lurking outside a club with a bottle of chloroform and a rag? You know what? Yes. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I've been burned uh-huh. way too many times. And especially before. like at the club policy is that like our responsibility ends at the bottom of the staircase. Bye. And they let the creeper go first. I know. So that they have eyes on the club and can get her when she's alone and drunk. Like, oh, yeah. God. Yep. Thanks, yep. club space. Totally. Add that to the list of places I will not be No. Visiting. So in talking about the video, because Kevin has now seen the video and yes. he says, I see her walking out. And, uh, you know, the bouncers eye her, her go out. I see three or four people fall right behind her. This one guy that's kind of right behind her could be with her. I don't know. She walks out of frame. And then immediately after the two bouncers, just like immediately, they go out after her. That's what I see. They did rather quickly follow her out. Mm. But Kevin is also saying, like, no, like, she's been working in clubs in Detroit and California. Like, she can read men well. She can read people well. She would never just willingly walk off with some stranger thinking, like, oh, they must be nice. Like, he's like, her whole life is working in clubs. Like, she kind of knows how this thing goes. Which is why it's a red flag to see the security guys sort of follow her out. And the investigators say, we've talked to all the employees that are on the tape, and we have not ruled anyone out conclusively. Right. And Kevin is, like, wondering out loud if there wasn't a conspiracy to like get rid of the schlubby boyfriend so right. they would have like complete access to the hot girl. Because they didn't escort Kevin out like that five right. minutes prior. Right. But the head of security, like he sounds like he takes his job really seriously. He's here walking us through the club yeah. and he's like, that is total bullshit. He's like, what you're seeing on this tape is us doing our jobs. The man who's like directly behind her, that's me escorting her out. And the two guys, that the, the two security guys that jump up, they're not following her, they're following me. Like that's the protocol of the club. Yeah. You 
follow me out in case there's a further altercation on the street. Like, I think this club has got the protocol down. They also say that everyone that works there is accounted for because they're tracked by their fingerprints. Yeah. Like, instead of clocking out, they, like, fingerprint out. Yeah. And you know what? I kind of like this. Like, if you're going to own a club there, you got to take this security shit very seriously. I think there has to be a different level of security for places like this. Yeah. I mean, I think any place where people are going out and people are drinking and under the influence and could possibly be left by themselves or something, like, I just think we need to up all of that. And this is where the head of security says, like, also, also... Samuels emphasizes that the bearded black man Paula was seen walking away with had not been in the club that night. Why not? Because of the club's strict dress code. He was wearing shorts. Our number one rule, no matter how much money you have, we do not allow you in in shorts. No matter how much money you have, our number one policy is no shorts. Yeah, that's also, we've done this with Chippendales, though. That's yes. also like a way to be racist without being racist. Yes, yes, Like using yes. the dress code against people, just like. I agree, but at least in this instance, we know that that means he wasn't in the club. Right. So now it's two weeks after the murder. Yeah. And the employees say that the killer came back to the club. So like they're just saying brazenly like, standing outside the club again. They all see him. I'm like, how'd you know it was him? Was he wearing the same pair of shorts? And I'm like, or was this just like a black guy trying to go to your club? Because like, I don't get it. I know. And this is all very unclear because they call the co- The owner of the club is here to say, like, we called the cops. They come out and question the guy and they let him go because either this is the guy they saw with Paula and he's not the killer uh-huh. or this isn't the guy they saw with Paula. But they don't make it clear which one of those it is. I wish they would just say we don't really like when black people are in our club. I know. Like, it I know. feels very like, oh, what? Like, I know. Because it's not explained. It doesn't make any sense. And the cops are like, this isn't him. Why'd you waste? our time and I'm like wait a second club space. Yeah. And then like Kevin has to leave Miami 10 days later. Like he doesn't have Paula making money for him anymore. He's got to go. He goes back to Michigan where he pleads guilty to one of the misdemeanor assault charges yep. and is given probation. Yeah. And one of the the other charges are dropped. Kelly, the sister also has to go home, but she comes back to Miami four weeks later to keep the case going, like to keep it in the news. She meets up with Dave, the PI. Yeah. And she puts up $15,000 of her own money as a reward and the club matches it. Yeah. So there's a $30,000 reward to find out what the fuck happened to Paula that night. Yeah, but so the cops say there's now a sketch of the killer. Yeah. The club employees had only glimpsed the man from the back and side. Now there was a new witness, police won't say who, who got a better look at the man from head on. But there's a, an unnamed witness who saw him like straight on. All right, sounds a little shady, but fine. <laughs> um, a sketchy sketch? A sketchy sketch. <laughs> but Kevin says the sketch looks like a bouncer at the club. So Kevin's back down in Miami. Uh, this is so like conspiracy theory. Like he, Kevin is convinced it's one. Of, it's the bouncer who checked their IDs on the way in. All of a sudden he's like, I know exactly who that exactly. is. Kevin's also there wearing a newsboy. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) He goes, quote, undercover, which is just Kevin wearing wearing a newsies cap. I was like. I know. Have no fear. Brooklyn's (laughs) here. Detroit is here. I know. Says Kevin. He looks ridiculous. He's standing. Like, also, he's undercover, but like has a Dateline camera crew with him out in front of the club. In front of you. can see people coming out because it's like four in the afternoon on a Sunday when the place closes. And he's just saying. Wearing his like blue newsboy cap. The only thing that makes sense here is that he's like, this is the exact moment that Paula went missing mm-hmm. on like the day that we were here. Right. It's a zoo. Like somebody would have seen her. Like why don't, why hasn't anyone come forward like remembering seeing her outside and like knowing who she walked off with. But honestly, like no one else is looking at anybody else. I know. When you leave a club and you've been drinking for 10 hours and it's, and it's seven the afternoon. in the morning and you're like, I, ne- I should have listened to my gay friend Patrick. Like, even, I should have just gone to bed last night You know, night like the most petty. 
<laughs> Watching Steel Magnolia Don't take off to the of Golden Girls. Like, please. <laughs> but like, and at that point, everyone just wants to find their people and get out of there. Yeah. I don't care how gorgeous I the know. human being in front of you is. You kind of are just like, I, that's great. I'm tired. No one is thinking about that. The other thing that Kevin says is that like... The entire security crew is gone. Different security altogether. The door, from the door guys to... Everybody is different in there. They changed out the entire staff, pretty much, especially the security crew. Baloney responded the club owner. Everyone's gone. It's a massive conspiracy. As Dennis says, Baloney responded the club owners. <laughs> Baloney. <laughs> they, they have the pay subs to prove it. So, Kev, I don't I know. I wonder if saying. his mother was a shampoo model. I just feel like that's the pose, right? Like lathering, totally. looking over. A shampoo model. What is a shampoo model? Uh, and, you know, it just kind of ends. I was shocked how quickly it ended. Like, I know. All of a sudden, we're standing out, like, by the dumpster where her body was found, and there are no fucking leads. There's no leads at all. How is there no leads in this case? Yeah, I don't—that I don't understand. I, I really don't get it, and I think it's tragic and heartbreaking that someone who was, like, trying to do—like, just hearing about, like, the diet pills and stuff. I and know. she was just, like, in a world that can be very scary, but she, like, made all this money, and she just wanted to go out and have, like, a fucking awesome party weekend. Yeah. And it— was ruined because people are dicks. I because people are dicks. Oh uh, my god, girl, we did uh, Dateline. Uh, what's it called? The Death of a Golden Girl. The Death of a Golden Girl. Yeah. It's so sad. We're gonna, I'm going to do a Google alert for this case. I need to know I if there's know. any updates. I know, me too. Fam, join us on the Patreon if you want more Jillian and me. Over 400 full ad-free bonus wow. episodes. Can you believe it? I can and I can't. Every series, there's the Lacey Peterson one, the Gacy thing on Peacock. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm trying to think of like, what have we done? Oh, Pepsi Where's My Jet. Pepsi Where's My Jet. The Tetris Murders. Yep, yep. Fatal Attraction Murders. Yes. And then there's all like the old stuff like Serial and The Staircase and Making a Murderer and what The Jinx. The Jinx. Oh my God, The Jinx. Lorena. Lorena, yes. Oh my God. Don't F with Cats. Don't F with Cats. Tiger King. Only the first season. We're not doing the second season of that bullshit. Oh, oh, Tiger King. Oh, The Vow. Oh, yeah. Oh, The Heaven's Gate. (laughs) Now we're just going to see it for an hour and name them all. (laughs) Fam, we love you so much. Thank you for making this our jobs. We haven't said that enough lately. Yeah, and this is you know, our gift to you. We love doing these bonus apps for you. Oh my God, it means we're close to Christmas. Yes. And Thanksgiving, my favorite time of year. Wait, is it October right now? Yes, it's October. (gasps) In the future? It's in the future. It's October. God, you guys, it's June here. Damn, we love you. Bye. Bye. It was nearly two in the morning. Terrified residents of the beefy complex were ducking behind their windows and calling 911 to report shots fired. Corporal Kelly Richards was among the first on the scene. Gunshot wound to the cheek. She was dressed very nice. I knew who this person was. Richards realized she'd spoken with this woman a few weeks earlier, right here at the Paladin Club condos. The woman was Olga Connell. And one of my fellow officers let me know, we have a, a second body. She leaned over and took a closer look. Olga's husband. The couple had been murdered together in a hail of bullets right in front of their home. How many shots fired? Close to 25 shots, two different types of ammunition. Two shooters, a team of assassins. That's the backdrop for what came next. She's the fun, loud girl. Yes. So, like, even if you didn't see her at first, you're like, who's the person having the most fun in the room? See, I'm the fun, loud girl without the legs down to there and the hair down to here. Legs down to there. (laughs) Dennis, please. 
<laughs> Maybe my next book will be called The Fun Loud Girl. The fun loud I girl. really love that as a title, The yeah. Fun Loud Girl. That's good. I love good one. It. You're welcome. Did I tell you that I'm going to Mariah Carey for the, her Christmas show this year? You are. I'm going. That's so. Did I'm you get the tickets go. or are you just saying that I'm you're just going? I'm just saying it. I'm, I'm manifesting it. Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay, great. We'll have a great time in Thank a couple you. of weeks from now, probably, <laughs> right? I had a friend who used to call a situation like this being a hot cheeseburger in a pool full of piranhas <laughs> where they're just like chop, chop, chop. Urge. I've got the urge. She's got the urge to burble. 